scientists think they found the culprit. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Health officials say they have additional evidence that a certain chemical compound, vitamin E acetate, is the primary culprit in a national outbreak of vaping illnesses. Nearly 2,300 Americans who vape have gotten sick since March. Many of them teens and young adults, and at last count, 47 have died. With us today to discuss the dangers of vaping is Dr. Raghu Loganathan, Director, Division of ICU Pulmonary Medicine at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Loganathan. Thank you, Steve. Glad to be here. So e-cigarettes have been around for some time now. Why are we now hearing about these serious issues? E-cigarettes have been there for a few years, but physicians have always had concerns on what its long-term effectiveness is, as well as its safety. When e-cigarettes and similar products were introduced uh, several years back, uh, they weren't tested the similar fashion as nicotine replacement products like a nicotine gum or a nicotrol inhaler that we use to help patients quit smoking. They didn't go through the same rigorous standards and checks and they were introduced into the market and now we realize that uh, a number of patients have been hospitalized with severe illness uh, what we would call vaping associated pulmonary illness or WAPI and it turns out that it's a result of a number of the additives uh, that are added to stabilize the nicotine or THC the two more common uh, products that are used um, in vaping and that in turn leads to um, severe illnesses. But how come we, we never really heard anything about the real serious reper repercussions of this until this year? I, I think um, the use of vaping by um, the public has gone up exponentially in the past two or three years. It also is true that a number of the products are coming in through the black market where it's unregulated and THC oils, or for that matter, even nicotine-related vaping products, uh, we have some, some liquids that are used to stabilize um, uh, the, the, that particular liquid in the container. And when it's vaporized at a very high temperature, it releases a number of toxic agents. We were aware, f uh, at, related to nicotine um, uh, vaping products, that chemicals like glycerol, and polydiacetyl uh, uh, heavy metals were being used and we didn't have any studies looking at long-term effects but now we've had uh, at least close to about 50 deaths probably more than yeah. that at this time and it turns out that uh, there are certain uh, clear uh, uh, bad actors that have been identified at least in some of the deaths but we still do the this the story is still unfolding now, what is this vitamin E acetate? Are you familiar with that? And how does it affect the lungs? So uh, vitamin E acetate is a, it's at least one chemical that is used in THC oils. And this has been found as a common factor in at least about 26 of the many deaths that we've had related to vaping illnesses. However, we still don't know what caused deaths in the other remaining patients who have had similar presentations and similar clinical syndromes. Vitamin E acetate, when vaporized at very high levels, can cause variety of problems in the lungs, including injuring the lung airway lining, causing severe intense inflammation, 
where patients get extremely short of breath, severely um, depleted of oxygen, and either end up dying, or if they survive, they end up with very severe lung consequences, often requiring even uh, a consideration for lung transplant. And these are young, relatively young patients, unfortunately. I, I know there was an incident of a young man in the Bronx who died. Are you familiar with that situation? Uh, I'm familiar to the point of what I've read in the media reports. I was not personally involved in the care of the patient. I know there have been two deaths, at least in New York State, uh, since the at least the reporting of these illnesses. And it turns out that uh, there's a young kid who was using a THC-based um, uh, vaping uh, system and in turn led to its death. There have been multiple such reports across the country and within a short span of few months, we've had close to 2,300 cases, which is a staggering number. Have you seen a high incidence of vaping in the Bronx? We actually haven't. We probably, it's also um, a factor that we haven't necessarily as physicians and as a community gone back and systematically asked each patient who we see in the clinic or in the hospital if they've been vaping or not. And this has been an eye-opener in the past several months in terms of all these illnesses that are coming by. And yes, we do ask them. We still see a number of patients who are unfortunately addicted to smoking, but uh, also it's fortunate that they haven't taken on vaping, at least in my clinical experience in, in our asthma and pulmonary clinics. I know we, uh, we have a, a rather proactive smoking cessation program at SBH. I'm assuming there are other options that you recommend outside of vaping for those who want to stop smoking, right? I would strongly recommend that. I would actually ask anyone who's listening to this uh, podcast to go speak to your providers about um, uh, smoking. Quitting smoking is hard. It's not easy. We recognize that. It is an addiction. And it's not easy to quit uh, smoking just by a single method, by either giving a nicotine replacement therapy or not. There are multiple strategies. It's important to be enrolled in a smoking cessation clinic. We have one at uh, uh, St. Barnabas and where you can easily reach them and seek help or speak to your, your primary provider. New York City has a number of resources to help you quit smoking. Using products that have been well tested, knowing their side effects is more important than using products like vaping where a lot is left un, uh, at least uh, to be discovered in terms of what the long-term side effects are and its complications. Now, you know, from what I've read, and I'm sure you've read too, it's especially dangerous to teenagers who seem to have a propensity for the flavors and it's sort of become cool and a lot of kids are, are moving in that direction. What would you say to them? It's an unfortunate um, uh, outcome in terms of how uh, the vaping companies have released the products and to an extent FDA not regulating them. In fact, uh, we've had many reports that suggest 30 to 40 percent of high school students vape. About 10 to 15 percent of middle school students, think about this, before your ninth grade, they are taking on vaping. And a large part of that is motivated by the fact that they are flavored. There are at least about a thousand different flavors that exist in the market, both in the legal as well as the black market in terms of all these um, uh, substances that are used. Uh, diacetyl, a well-known chemical that is used among these flavoring, uh, flavoring products, clearly can cause lung injury. And unfortunately, young people who get hooked onto this at a very young age can lead to addictive behaviors. Uh, brain develops until the age of 25. 
nicotine clearly is an addictive chemical and when we have high school students who are taking these products at such an age it's very likely that they're going to have subsequent complications including mood disorders euphoria decreased attention and you're injuring the brain it's not formed yet completely there are many parts of the brain that are still forming and developing until the age of 25 it's a uh, it's a real public issue health issue that needs to be addressed and i'm happy i was uh, hearing on the news last night on an, on npr that um, new york city has now introduced a bill to ban uh, flavored uh, e-cigarettes and i think that would be an important aspect in terms of containing this um, health crisis as a parent if you notice that your teen is either hanging out with other kids who vape or is interested in vaping what do you do i think we need to talk to them we need to talk to them about the real facts on the consequences of vaping we need to um, there there are enough resources uh, on the internet in terms of the bad things that can happen with vaping looking at young people who are in their teens or 20s not able to walk after surviving a vaping lung related lung illness or end up having getting lung transplants is tragic it's devastating and that's not the life anybody wants to uh, to live and i would encourage parents to get uh, their teens to get some help from their uh, uh, physician providers maybe from their school there are a lot of resources a number of school districts have introduced a number of public health campaigns to discourage vaping and uh, making sure that people don't end up using this off the black uh, off the black market as well well regardless of your age if you are vaping are there certain signs or symptoms that would indicate you got to stop specific to what we now recognize as vaping associated uh, pulmonary injury um, the symptoms are generally non specific what do i mean by that it can affect your lungs you can have some shortness of breath you can have some cough uh, you can have some constitutional symptoms like fevers malaise not feeling well and you can have some gastrointestinal symptoms like diarrhea and stomach upset when you have these symptoms and you're vaping you should go seek medical attention it's important to let the physicians know that you have been vaping because right now i think the healthcare community is also coping with how they address this condition and it's true that not all physicians are asking about vaping when they're seeing patients coming in with these symptoms so it's very important for the public to know to go and let the physicians know i've been vaping these are the products that i've been using i'm having these symptoms and it's better to catch these conditions early on as opposed to being in a nice you on respiratory life support and artificial uh, life support systems are there certain people who may be more susceptible to an illness from vaping than others not very clear although a number of patients who have been affected so far have have been in the younger age group between uh, 17 and uh, to 30 or 40 years although we have seen cases reported as much as even 75 years it may be also because that the younger age group is using more of the vaping products than the old age group it's still not um, clear and i think there's more to be uh, learned in uh, uh, from from this particular aspect i think one of the important uh, signals that we're getting from reviewing these vaping cases are that uh, black market uh, sourced vaping products are even further uncontrolled we don't know what's happening in the legal market the black market is going to be even worse they use various types of thc oils hash oils and there's absolutely no con- 
controls on these and those are you're exposing your body and your lungs to devastating chemicals and possibly irreversible injury. You probably are going to end up with this consequence. Even if you survive, um, you end up with a lot of problems that can remain for a very long time and this can affect at a very young age. Let me shift gears a little bit. We have a couple of minutes left. You initiated a very uh, effective lung cancer screening program. How is that going? It's going quite well. We actually have one of the largest um, recruitment centers in terms of um, lung cancer screening. I would um, strongly encourage, again, people who are listening to this podcast to talk to your providers. If you've smoked more than one packet of cigarettes a day for about 30 years on an average, it doesn't have to be specific, it doesn't have to be the exact number, talk to your providers and see if you're eligible for lung cancer screening. You can pick up lung cancer very early on. It's an approved test by Medicare and Medicaid services and the insurance plans. Uh, you just need to uh, have a clear discussion with your primary provider and they can send, send you over to the lung cancer screening. Even if you're not eligible for lung cancer screening, smoking is bad. I'm sure you all have heard this, but it's true that at least you have about eight to 10 different types of cancers that can happen because of smoking. Heart disease, stroke, kidney failure requiring dialysis, these are real issues. Seek pro help in terms of quitting smoking. And I'm repeating what I said earlier, it is hard, it is challenging, but there are providers who will work with you, provide behavioral therapy options, they could in replacement options, use your family and friends, your holidays are coming up, this may be a good time to motivate yourself in terms of trying to quit smoking and trying to get the help you need. Last note, I know just in driving through the Bronx, I'm always shocked to see how many people smoke in the Bronx. I mean, you, you're in the front lines. You must notice that all the time, right? It's true that in the city areas, in any major city, there's a lot more smoking. And unfortunately, it still remains uh, prevalent. Um, I think we need to do more in terms of um, uh, educating people about the risks of um, smoking and provide more resources. It's not easy, but it can be done. Uh, Dr. Logan Nathan, thank you very much for joining us in SBH Bronx Health Talk. For more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure to be here.